Welcome to the Develop Yourself podcast, where we teach you everything you need to land your first job as a software developer by developing yourself, developing your skills, your network, your habits, and more. I'm your host, Aaron Hayslip, and today we're going to be talking to Edward Barton. Edward is a former student of mine who landed his first software engineering job after graduating our program. Edward still works at his first company, Untap, where he's continued to grow his career one line of code and one beer at a time. All right. Um, Edward, thanks so much, man, for taking the time to do the podcast. I, I really wanted to have you on because um, though I don't know the details of your whole story, I remember meeting you before you were ever, you know, the the mega successful software engineer that that you are now. I, I recall our first meeting was at a, a meetup that I was, I think it was actually the first meetup I ever put on like or, or hosted. It, it was at uh, Full Steam here in, in Durham. Um, but yeah, man, tell me a little bit about that part of your life before you became a software engineer, before you, I guess you were like a, were you a TA for Project Shift? No, you were a student first and then you were a TA. But what, what got you into coding? I mean, how did you even think about it as as a job and what was your background up to that point? Yeah, so fun, funnily enough, actually, it was just talking about this yesterday with a friend about my kind of story and upbringing into the software world. Um but yeah, so I moved to North Carolina about five years ago, and uh, I got a job at a local startup called Plotwat, and uh, I was what was known as an implementation engineer, which was just essentially a fancy name for an onboarding specialist. Um, and you know, I was there for two years, and then they were acquired, and they got rid of everybody except the three <laughs> kind of like founders. And so I was at a point in my life where I was like, where do I go from here? You know, I have a degree in economics. I've kind of job hopped. I did tech support. I did this onboarding for a bit and I didn't really feel like I had any specialized skills. You know, I wasn't a lawyer or an accountant or an engineer or anything like that. So I was like, where do I go? And during Plotwad, I had kind of like gotten that learn to code itch. So I did the code academy stuff. I did the uh, free code camp and I started to run local meetups doing coffees and codes and whatnot. And I said, like, you know, now's probably time to pursue this a little bit more seriously. And then that's kind of like when you entered my life and we did that full steam thing and you're like, hey, I see you do these meetups. Would you want to do some meetups with Project Shift? I'm like, heck, yeah, I would. So uh, we did we did some meetups together. We did some coffee and codes. We did some workshops. We did, you know, uh, a little bit of everything. And then, you know, I did that for about three, three to six months. And then I was like, you know, I want to go through the code school. Like, it's time. It's time to commit to this and change my career, change my life. And uh, yeah, did did the boot camp for 12 weeks, did TA for another 12 weeks and then landed this job. Um yeah, I was very fortunate in that regard. One application, one job. I don't recommend that strategy because it never <laughs> works. But uh, I was very fortunate to end up where I am today. That's awesome, man. I, I want to dig into some of those details because, um, yeah, they, you actually are one of the stories I use, by the way, um, of you know graduates of our program who are looking at job descriptions. And the job descriptions might say, hey, you need two or three years or you need to be a senior and if I remember correctly, you applied for a senior Rails position. <laughs> yes. And yep, I had you, you were neither senior nor did you know Rails. <laughs> no, no. Was, I just knew the company because it's untapped. Yeah. I was like, I'm a beer drinker. I know these guys. It sounds cool. <laughs> and uh, and they worked a floor ahead of us, on top of us at the right. at Project Shift. And so I, 
I applied, it was like a senior rails position with three years of experience. And I just applied blindly and then walked up there and made friends with a couple of the developers and they started advocating for me. And sure enough, I got the position after seven rounds of interviews. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I remember the interview process was was pretty intense. So, okay, stepping back. So you were you graduated with a degree in economics. Were mm-hmm. what were you thinking you were gonna do with it whenever you when you did graduate? Were you thinking about tech already? No. So initially um I was doing tech support for six years in Pennsylvania before I moved to North Carolina. And when I got my degree in econ, I thought I wanted to be a business or a financial analyst. Um and then out of college, I quickly realized that spreadsheets were monotonous and very boring <laughs> and crunching data like that was not very exciting. So I moved down here and I just looked for something, you know, uh, something in the startup field, something tech related. And I found Plotwa and kind of once again, blindly applied, didn't really meet the requirements, but they gave me a chance. And and then, yeah, kind of the rest is history from there. <laughs> That's amazing. So what what originally got you on? It's like, how did you learn about free code camp or, or even this just this idea that you could learn this skill and become a software engineer versus, you know, um, doing implementation or, or tech support or whatever else that you were, you know, kind of hopping between? Yeah, so I never really gave much thought to actual software development until probably I moved down to North Carolina and... And then I just started, like, I think a lot of people do, you know, a Google search, learn to code. And as soon as you type that in, you're going to get bombarded with Code uh, Code Academy and Free Code Camp and Treehouse and all those things. And I was like, well, let's take a look at this. I've never really considered yeah. it. And I started where everyone does with my first Hello World and, you know, doing some HTML, CSS and JavaScript. And then from there, once I got into JavaScript and developed, uh, my first weather application on free code camp. I was like, this is pretty rad. Like cool. I just wrote this and it's doing something. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So you, the first time you actually ever wrote a line of code was through free code camp. Yeah. Yep. And did you feel at that point immediately fairly confident or cause you know, I think whenever I was first learning to code, cause I, I remember that experience, I thought, well, this is way out of my league. Like I, I'm excited about the potential, but it, I wasn't sure if I had the aptitude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes and no. Um, not so much when it was HTML and CSS. I felt like I zipped through that. I don't yeah, know. For sure. me, it yeah. kind of came pretty easily. Uh, once I started hitting JavaScript, though, and we're learning about like conditionals and looping and all these sorts of new uh, piece, pieces of the pie, that's where I started to be like, whoa, okay, this is kind of getting a little daunting, but I just yeah. kept grinding and, you know, sure enough, day by day, you make progress. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think that's like one of my typical speeches is a lot of people start off with HTML and CSS, which is great, but cause there's, it's this, you know, immediate feedback loop of, I, I did this thing and now the picture changes, yep. but then you get to JavaScript, which is completely different. And suddenly people... Yep. Because that's normally what they start you off with too is, is JavaScript, you know, versus Python or anything else. They, they would all be the same, but th- then it's a, a logical programming language and you kind of get hit over the head because now you're having to learn the entirety of loops and then the entirety of functions and you just don't know what these things are for mm-hmm. until you have to learn them all and then build something with it, which sounds like is, is what you did um, at that point. So, okay, you're, you're kind of learning on your own. I, and I actually remember you during this time um, because you were, you were just, you are being a good friend, honestly. Uh, you were coming to stuff, you were, involved in the community you were helping out um you were still working at, at plot watt 
And then at one point, um, <laughs> we don't have to go into all of the story. I, I, I forget exactly what happened about um, we we're going to bring you on board and then we didn't or something. Um, but you ended up being a student. How did that go? Like, cause you know, assuming you were making some progress on free code camp and, and I want you to be honest with this answer, not just to like prop up, you know, what project shift or parsity or what I do, but what yeah. made you decide, okay, the quickest route to being a software engineer isn't going through just free code camp on my own. It, it's, it's going through a program, you know, like project shift. What, what made you decide for that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've been doing the whole self-teaching thing for months, actually probably years. Like I said, I was doing it in Plotwat until you guys showed up and, you know, I didn't want to do it on my own. So I held those meetups and I was getting some success there, getting people along for the ride, but it kind of came to a point where I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm like halfway in, I'm halfway committed to this. I have one foot in, not the other. So I was like, if I want to actually pursue this as a career and change my career, change my life, actually have something to work towards, you know, again, I felt lost at that time. I just didn't, I didn't feel specialized. And I was like, if I'm going to make this happen, then I need to fully commit to it. And I was like, I think something like a 12 week program where I'm 100% in working 40, 60, 80 hours a week, that's the best way to do it, you know, and you're 100% focused on it. So that, that was kind of the big, big plunge for me was like, I need, if I want to do this, I need to actually commit to it. Yeah, no, that's great. And I I would say that you're sort of the ideal student, you know, I think sometimes students come in and they just want the career change um, that, you know, they want the results, but not necessarily to, they don't enjoy the process, but you seem to be one who, enjoyed the process. What do you, what do you think you attribute that to? Like the, the fact that you were dedicated? Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, man, I just, I really enjoyed, like, I really enjoyed the aspects that come along with software development. The, the fact that we're constantly solving problems, the fact that what, what I call when I go into code mode, I just lose track of time. I mean, I'm at my keyboard for hours on end. And next thing I know, it's five o'clock. Yeah. Uh, that, that sort of stuff's fun for me. Uh, the fact that you're constantly being challenged, you're never going to stop learning because there's a new JS library released every day. So, I mean, I love that. So it was, it was kind of easy to keep that motivation. And it's, you know, in, in that sort of setting at the, at the code school to have others that are, you're surrounded by that are going through the same struggles as you, the same victories as you, like that's also really encouraging. So it's, it's fun to bounce ideas and work together and pair program, uh, hit the highs, hit the lows. Um, it's, it's kind of easy to keep the motivation when that stuff's going on. Yeah. That's amazing, man. And okay. So let's fast forward to where you left off. So I remember this again. And I think the reason why you said that you wouldn't advise your job search to be the job searches because normally most people, and this is what we see, you know, you can see this on LinkedIn all the time. Um, and this is the advice that we preach, right? If, if you are a career changer and you cold apply for a job, there's just almost no chance you're going to get it because <laughs> your, your experience doesn't say you have any, any, anything, uh, or your resume doesn't say you have any, any experience, but you did do a little bit more than that, right? You went and actually talked to the folks who were at the company. Luckily you're right. We were, working down below them, they were a, a floor above. Um, what did that process go like though, whenever they were like, yeah, we're hiring for a senior rails position. What did they say to you to get you in the interview process? I mean, what what did that that whole, I guess, period of time look like? 
Yeah. So I don't even think I got a call until I started talking to the people upstairs because I applied, hadn't heard anything. And then I went upstairs, started talking to developers. And I think a week after that is when I got an email saying, Hey, we'd like to schedule for, you know, an initial screen. So I think that networking component really helped even get me my foot into the door. Otherwise they probably just been like, no, this, no way. This guy's out of code school. He doesn't know any rails, no chance. Yeah. Um, but you know, that, that first initial text screen was just, I, I know who Project Shift is. They're underneath of us. We've heard of of what you guys are doing down there. So tell me what you're doing. Tell me what you're learning. And I, I kind of went through and just walked, you know, we I can't remember exactly which week we were on. Uh, I think it was near the end of the program. And I was like, yeah, you know, we started with vanilla JS. We worked our way up through jQuery and Backbone. And then we eventually got to React. And we switched to Node on the back end and Express and all that fun stuff. And so I just kind of walked him through like week by week what we were learning. And he asked me, you know, what, what challenges did I face? And I said, backbone, terror. <laughs> backbone was a huge challenge. Um, you know, learning, learning the, the differences and the nuances between front end development versus back end development. So little things like that, just kind of going over again, what are my learning? What am I struggling through? What do I feel I'm doing well? Uh, and then from there, it was just like, okay, well, let's see what you can do now. And they gave me a, a take-home coding assessment, where it was a full, full stack back-end, front-end, like uh, roster management software for NCAA basketball. And it was a lot of fun. And then they like... Was that the, the in Rails? One. Yeah. Yeah. The back-end was in Rails. The front-end was a React app. So I, I did that. Um, I knew what was just it enough- like? What was it like? Um, cause I, I, I sort of have blurry memories of this, but so yeah. you had to, so they give you a code challenge, take home mm-hmm. challenge. It's that you have to write a backend in rails, but you didn't know rails. What was that like for you? So the, so the app was actually mostly built. The, the backend was okay. mostly built. Okay. It was more like we need you to query all the players and show them on the screen or query okay. a specific player, stuff like that. So I needed to implement that. So just kind of learning Rails on the fly, going over the documentation, going to Treehouse and doing lessons if I need to, to freshen up, um, just kind of learning on the fly. But yeah, implementing those things. And then there were stretch goals, you know, like write specs and unit tests for everything. And I did not yeah. know a lick of R spec at the time, which is a testing suite for Rails. So <laughs> I just, I threw some blind code up there and then commented it all out saying, I tried. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, yeah, but... But yeah, I mean, so I submitted that. Uh, then the next interview was kind of going over how and why I did what I did. Um, and then from there, was, I think another small coding challenge and another review and then a behavioral. And then I got an offer. <laughs> so that's amazing, man. And so what were the, um, so you, you get the offer. I think, I think I remember you trying to negotiate a little bit, <laughs> but it was, it was pretty nice, um, you know, uh, to, to be able to be at a company like untapped, which probably for a lot of people is, is a dream company, right? I mean, literally if you like beer, then like that is probably the place to be, um, as a software engineer. If you take things that you love beer and tech and put them together, which is, which is really cool. I'm, I'm jealous that you, that you've been able to be there. Um, what, what was your first couple of months like on, on the job? I mean, we're, were you intimidated? Do you actually feel like you were able to contribute much to what you were oh, doing? Oh man, I remember because you and I were in the same building at this time, and I just remember yeah. coming up, to you, seeing you around the building, like uh, you know that um, Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands in the movie. That was I had no clue 
what I was doing whatsoever for the first three to six months. I'm just like, <laughs> why, why did these guys hire me? Like yeah. my very first day was sprint planning. I remember this vividly because I felt like I was drowning my very first day there doing uh, a sprint planning and they give me these point cards and they're like, we need you to point tickets with us. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So I'm just blindly throwing up numbers. And then they're so like, this is where you, you estimate like how much time a specific feature would, would take you to build. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we, we follow what's called agile, which is a methodology in development where you kind of build and iterate. And um, we have what are called ceremonies, which are like retrospectives where you reflect on the previous sprint. Things are broken into sprints. We do two sprints. Um, you do a planning to kick off those sprints where you say we're going to take on this amount of work. And we point every ticket to say, like, it is this much effort. Yeah. Uh, we don't necessarily do time. We say it's this much effort. So okay. it's, it's a one point or a two point or a three or a five. It usually follows Fib, uh, Fibonacci. Yeah. So I'm just my very first day just thrown into the deep end. They're like, here's this ticket. What's your number? I'm throwing blindly like fives and eights. And they're like other people are throwing ones and twos. And they say, why do you feel it's a five, Edward? Why do you feel it's an eight? And I go, I shrug. I don't know well, why. Based on my experience, uh, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but no, I mean, and then <clears throat> getting my very first ticket, fortunately enough, it was just a text change. So it's just a way of getting familiarized with a yeah. new code base, you know, yeah. a legacy monolithic app. Um, because, you know, in code school, we build everything from scratch. We are yeah, in right, control right, of right. it. But coming into a company, this is legacy code for the most. It's a, it's a new code base. So to, to kind of like poke around and get a feel for where everything is, how everything works. Yeah. Um, those were kind of the first few tickets, just like small text changes or Im ad images, things like that. Yeah. So at some point, though, you got your feet under you, obviously, or else yep. they wouldn't they would keep you around and keep giving you raises and, and that kind of thing. Um, yep. What was that turning point like for you? Do you remember like was there like a, a moment or was it just kind of slowly over time you felt like, oh, I'm getting the hang of this? A hundred percent the latter. It, it was not a I can't point to one specific moment or sprint or ticket it was just keep doing things over time um, yeah there there is one point maybe this was an inflection point they uh we had to develop a new feature for so untapped uh, i work on the business side we have a consumer app where people check in beers i'm on the business end of that where businesses pay us to create beer menus and cool. advertise and all that stuff and uh we had a feature for a customer that they wanted nutritional facts for their beer menus. So they wanted to create a beer menu and then show the carbs, sugar, stuff like that. That's fine. And this, and the senior guy goes, give this to Edward, let him drive this one. And I remember having a little mini, mini panic attack. Cause I'm like, wait, you want me to drive this feature from start to finish? And uh, I just remember, you know, I was absolutely terrified, but the sprint started and I said, just go back to what I learned, break the problem down. I don't need to solve yeah. it all in one chunk, break it into workable parts. So that's what I did. And sure enough, I got that ticket done at the end of the sprint with a little bit of help and pair programming. But um, that was a big step. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, in general, it was it was long, slow and steady, just yeah. gradually taking on more complex work through time. Once you familiar, uh, familiarize yourself with the code base and how things are working, you can start to take on more stretch goals and stuff, yeah. you know, that you wouldn't typically. So, well, I, I love that, man. I think I think it's important for both. I think you know, people who are thinking about getting into coding and honestly hiring managers 
to to hear and to, and to realize that yeah maybe like your first three to six months you feel worthless and maybe you are worthless <laughs> you know but mm-hmm. uh, but eventually you're you're a great investment right because you know now you're you're able to you know handle your own um, and like you said be able to, to tackle your own tickets and and, and projects and sprints um, what's what's been uh, maybe the the most difficult problem you've had to solve so far. Oh man. Uh, so I was kind of the person that spearheaded, we have a, um, application for the fire stick now where bars will use a fire stick to display their digital beer menus in their venues. And, uh, we have, um, we used to use what are called, uh, Chrome bits. They're little, they're little PC sticks essentially, but they're cool. being deprecated. So that hardware is going away and we need a new solution. And I, and I was like, well, you know, Amazon Fire Stick has apps and they're cheap. I feel like that would be good for a business customer. Why don't we look into that? And they're like, great, Edward, have at it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I didn't necessarily mean that, but okay. So um, for me, it was learning, you know, about the whole app store environment. How do you develop an app for a Fire Stick? Learning about learning that this runs on an Android, kind of a, a fork of Android. And then to develop an Android application. Fortunately for us, we have things like React Native now where I don't have to go and program in Java or Kotlin. I can use something that's familiar and build a native Android or iOS app. So, you know, learning those things and then how do I properly submit it to the store? How do I get it out to users? Things like that. So that was definitely a challenge for sure. That was probably like my one of my proudest accomplishments. Yeah, Um, that's really exciting. So wait, did, did did you? Did you suggest to use the Fire Stick? Yeah, when we were looking at hardware, it was either like Intel Compute Sticks, which were four hundred dollars, or I was like, "What about like something smaller, like a Roku yeah. or a Fire Stick?" And so we we went down the Fire Stick route and we built a uh, POC, a proof of concept, and then from there we just started iterating on it. And I actually just shipped uh, a late, a newest version of the app is going out hopefully this week, where we're supporting vertical menus. So people. People want to hang their TV vertical. Nice. They can do vertical menus. So that's so cool, man. That um, there is something about being able to be part of a company or a team or building software for something that gets seen by people. You know, like to to walk into a bar. Probably, I don't know if you experienced that before. Have you walked oh, yeah. into a bar and seen your stuff? Yeah, You're like yesterday. I I wrote that. That's amazing. I remember. Yeah, um, I used to my first job was at this company and we displayed social media like at big events or on TV. And I even remember one time um, it, it was like long after we had, I had like stopped working there. I was, I saw something on TV and I was like, I made that, you know? And that's like, yeah. the, that's yeah. the coolest feeling. In the, I mean, the, my fellow developers, they didn't seem to care, um, <laughs> but, yeah, but awesome. I thought it was so cool. I walked in. So yeah, yesterday when I was talking, you know, I had a conversation with a friend about my upbringing in software. I went to uh, Barrel Culture in Durham, which is a brewery, and they use our menus. And I was, cool. and my friend's like, "So what do you do?" And I was, I was like, "That." I pointed to the menu. I was like, "That's my business." <laughs> That's so <laughs> and, awesome. Uh, it's it's really cool to see it out in the wild, and yeah, it was fun. That's the ultimate. Well, man, what um, what kind of advice you know in general? Or, or I don't know if there's anything specific that sticks out to you about your journey, but for someone who's on the outside now looking in, because I think you probably have a fresh memory of of that for yourself, right? We were looking at other folks who 
or landing jobs as developers or who are developers. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've experienced at this point that, I mean, it's great, right? You've got a pretty flexible lifestyle, flexible schedule. Um, you're obviously enjoying what you're doing. You get to do cool stuff. What kind of advice would you have for folks who are kind of just in the beginning phases of, of this process? Yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, like find out if this is something you want to do. I mean, if, if you're kind of toying with the idea, like don't fully commit right now, but at least partially, you know, throw some time into it, play around on those, those free code camps and tree houses and whatnot, put some hours in, see if this is for you, see if you enjoy what you're doing. Um, from there, if, you know, if you want to pursue this full time and, and have a career change, great. I fully advocate for that. I mean, it's done wonders for me. Um, if it comes to that point, I would highly suggest looking into something like a project show for a parsity. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll plug you guys. I don't care. Um, and I'm saying this on my behalf, not because you're hosting this. Like, if you don't want to go through a four year school and you want to change things quickly, but also, but also do so with the funder, fundamental understanding that like, you're going to be taught the things you need to know to get that job, yeah. do something like this. You know, yeah. I mean, they have the tools, the resources. So yeah. And, and commit, just commit. Like, like I said, I had my, I had one foot in the, in the pool for the longest time, like dive in. Yeah, that, that's great. I love that. Well, awesome, man. Thanks so much, Edward. I really do appreciate you taking the time. Um, is there anywhere where people can find out more about you or follow you on GitHub or online? Yeah, so uh, I am on uh, Twitter. I believe it is underscore Edward Barton. I'm on GitHub, Edward Barton. Uh, LinkedIn, you can find me, Edward Barton. So most of my handles are all just first name, last name. Yeah. Awesome, bro. Well, thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. All right, hopefully you can relate to Edward's story. He was working a job doing online tutorials and then finally decided to dive in and go for it. And look, what I love about his job search isn't that he sent out a thousand resumes. He started with the job that he wanted to work at this beer tech startup, Untapped. He applied for the position, but more importantly, he went out of his way to go talk to the people. He made a real connection. And so he ended up applying for a senior level Ruby on Rails position. And he wasn't senior and he didn't know Ruby on Rails, but the company ended up changing up the position and allowed him to work there as a junior. That does it for this week's episode of the Develop Yourself podcast. Check back next week for more episodes. And if you're interested in learning to code and becoming a software engineer, visit us at Parsity.io. That's P-A-R-S-I-T-Y.io.